Today, I am very excited to host a new friend named Joseph Katz. Joseph is a seasoned marketing professional with over 20 years of experience, specializing in launching and growing businesses within the early stage tech industry. Now on the side, he also is the co-host of the Prime Life podcast, where he shares valuable insights on aging as well as longevity. Joseph's expertise extends far beyond just marketing, as he's also an angel investor and a trusted advisor to many different startups. With his extensive knowledge, his entrepreneurial mindset, and a passion for driving innovation, Joseph continues to make a significant impact on the marketing landscape while also contributing to the success of businesses across various different industries. We talk a lot about this today, but the most interesting thing I learned was about how technology is going to help us all to live longer. Enjoy the show. Joseph, welcome to the show today. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited too because you bring such a different perspective that I'm used to having on the show, and that is through a marketing lens. So let's start there. You've had this impressive marketing career, tons of different groups that you helped with their go-to-market, but what do you define as digital transformation specifically within that industry? It's a good question, broad. (laughs) So, you know, I think there's still a lot of companies that are doing things the way they were 10, 20 years ago, and there's still a lot of paper in their organizations. Uh, This came up recently when I was having a conversation with someone about AI. And, and they were saying, like, if a company wants to use AI, their data has to be digital. And, you know, they're still processing things on paper form. So, you know, making sure you're using digital tools, right? Like, why are you not at this point in time? And so I come across a lot of companies who, you know, for whatever reason, just haven't made the jump. They, you know, they've had, their team has been in place for a long time and they're comfortable. You know, it tends to be the thing. Like, they're just comfortable doing what they're doing and they haven't tried to do things differently. So for me, it's, you know, getting all the data in a place that you can be used for marketing, making sure everyone on the team understands the value of that data and how it can be used, and then putting together programs and plans that drive the business forward. Very cool. And interesting that your perspective is some marketers and marketing groups are not there when it comes to digital. My interpretation and thought was they're all on a sales force. They're all on a HubSpot, something like that. But it sounds like there's some industries that are still paper focused. What are some of those groups and how do you get them to adopt these changes? <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, Salesforce, HubSpot, all those tools are great. They're great if people adopt them. I, I uh, not too long ago was working with a company you know, that's in the education space. So you got some new age education companies and you got some old school education companies. And they had a team of, I don't know, four or five sales teams around the country. And I, I did some training for them just to explain to them the, the power of some of the tools you just mentioned, you know, show them how to use some of the functions and the features and, and you know, putting that data, right? We talked about data being offline. So, like, you know, having a meeting with someone, having them fill out a form to download something, if that's not integrated into all the other communication channels, then you don't know that that action happens and that you how can you then follow up with that person appropriately? Otherwise, you're just sending that same person 100 emails and they're not going to respond because I, I did that already or I don't need that. Yeah, I think you're going to see it in a variety of industries. You know, medical is still an industry that's suffering from overwhelmed with paper. I know they have digital records and stuff, but I, I was speaking to someone recently. They still use faxes, right? Like, it's still, like, it's crazy. Like, who's using a fax machine? They use that, you know. Uh, Finance, I think, is still a little bit of paper there, probably more digital now than previously. But, you know, think of these big old school institutions that 
you know, education, health, finance. There's still, there's still paper out there. It's crazy, but it's out there. Yeah. And if that is the case, then new technologies like generative AI and all these things that are coming on the market, the hot new startups are bringing to, to these large enterprises, they can't even start to think about adopting it or bringing it into their ecosystem if they've not laid some baseline foundation from becoming a technology company versus a paper-based company. Yeah. I mean, they, they could bring some of those tools in and it won't be as robust and as powerful as if, if they had it all connected. Uh, you know, you mentioned AI, we, we talked a little bit about AI, you know, you could bring in AI tools, but if you're trying to do things and you don't have all the data, then, you know, it's, it's going to stop you. Or if you're not using all the other automation tools that are available, then you're going to be limited. So I think for any company, any business that's trying to move fast and stay current, you know, it's explore what's out there, figure out what the right solutions are for your particular business. And it's not one size fits all, you know, chat GPT is only going to get you so far. It's not, it's not perfect <laughs> by any stretch, but there's so many tools out there on the market to do things quicker and just help you speed up your overall business operations. You know, until you start looking, you won't know what's out there. And until you start implementing, you won't know where your, your gaps are. Mm -hmm. No, it's so true of marketing too. thinking of it from a consumer perspective and these brands that I like that I want to market to me. But sometimes with their gaps and their misses, like I may have already bought something and they're still marketing it to me. And it's super frustrating with after three months of giving a lot of money to a specific group that they're still trying to sell me more stuff versus celebrating how I've already engaged with that brand. And it, it tarnishes your customer relationships a little bit completely unknowingly. So where can companies really dial in their customer experience to make sure those gaps are filled before they even hopefully reach the customer. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting challenge. And I think that probably happens in very large organizations where there's lots of silos. So there's one team that handles customer acquisition, another team that handles customer conversion, another team that handles lifetime marketing, and they don't always talk to each other. You know, like, you know a lot of large telecoms, I'm not going to name names, but <laughs> they just do a horrible job of marketing because all they do is they blast you with ads and, you know, you've been a customer for 15 years, yet they'll still send you marketing messages as if you've never worked with them for a, a day in your life. I, I think a lot of that comes from being siloed. A lot of that comes from being lazy and not trying to figure out where the data is. Uh, yeah, yes, it takes work. You know, it takes work to have the systems talk to each other. That's where digital transformation takes place, right? You get system A to talk to system B. You know, oh, this customer's been with us 15 years. Maybe we should stop sending him, you know, new customer acquisition efforts, you know, it's just a waste of time and effort, you know, to your, to your point about some of the brands, um, it, you know, it takes work, it takes strategy. I think a big picture strategy has to start at the top. It can't be sort of at the you know, business line. It needs to be kind of, you know, that sea level where someone says, okay, we want to treat customers in a certain way and, and build a certain experience across the board. Um, and maybe there's someone who cross crosses the entire organization and maybe it's just someone who has a big enough vision into the business that says, Hey, here are some things that are broken. We should fix them and then set up a strategy to, to really communicate effectively. What are you most excited about what that's maybe just on the cusp of being adopted by that industry that really advances their businesses and helps them be successful? What use case comes to mind? Yeah. So in the medical field, you know, I mentioned it briefly earlier, AI 
you know, there's a lot of privacy issues, obviously, for, for medical, you have, you know, people's personal information. But there is a lot of paperwork and a lot of process that still has to be done manually. I, I've come across a couple of companies, and I'm actually helping one company uh, with the product. Uh, they're solving pre-authorization. So if you need a specific test or a procedure, you, you know, a lot of times your insurance company requires a pre-authorization. So that requires the doctor to you know, write a letter that outlines the need, research the use cases, and compare it to what the insurance carrier is going to cover and, and why, what they're looking for. A lot of manual steps. Some of it could be templated, but a lot of manual steps because no two people are, are going to be the same. So this particular company has created a tool that will quickly take the medical record, depersonalize de it, so take out all the personal information, generate the letter and the sources for why the procedures that are being requested are justified. So within seconds, you get a, and then, you know, obviously the doctor's office would have to put in the, the personal information when they submit it to the insurance company, but the, none of that personal information is transferred into the AI platform. And it, 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 you know, there's some stats I'll just share briefly. So it's something like $14 per pre-authorization, right? So that, that's almost, you know, one man hour, let's just call it, you know, in, in the office. So if you can do that in seconds versus, you know, having one person do all that, it probably takes more than an hour. Over the course of a year, it's thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars that you're spending on this process. Yeah, they're, they're, that's just one example. Another example is on the flip side of, of the billing situation. So people go to the doctor, get, process, get a procedure done, but then the insurance company denies the claims. So now these hospitals and service providers are, are dealing with all this back and forth. So there are tools being developed to you know, look at the why it was declined and what can be done to get it approved. And the tools are out there. It's just, it's an evolving space. And, you know, there's obviously issues with privacy and so forth, but it, these companies are ex digging in deep and understanding how they can help this, this industry that, you know, at the end of the day, speeds up care, improves care and improves customer experience. So it, there's a lot out there and it's, it's been interesting. It's, <laughs> I think I go to an AI event or conference, you know, at least once a week these days, continue to learn. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. And that's a cool example of a use case where it's, it's being activated to help the consumer experience, which also then is, this case is a patient experience, which is extremely important for that to be positive because it's so personal. It's, you know, maybe a scary situation or a unique situation someone's in that hiccups just make it uncomfortable and, and intimidating and time is important right like if it takes them two or three weeks to get that authorization you know and you need that test immediately you may then move on with your life and you know never get that done i mean it, it's standard of care will get better because of it yeah yeah now healthcare and aging for lack of a better term has been a passion of yours for a while you have your podcast called the prime life podcast where You've done a lot of research and are really heavily involved in leveraging technology specifically to help ease the aging. Like it's kind of hard to really reverse in some cases unless you have multiple millions of dollars. <laughs> but um, at least being smart and like in your young years, making wise decisions and using technology to age more slowly is something super important. And like I even care about at this stage of my life as well. Tell us a little bit more about the podcast and the inspiration to get it off the ground. Sure. So the Prime Life Cup podcast is a collaboration between a company I used to work for and one of our partners. 
And what we wanted to do was bring this conversation about aging and, and longevity and just aging well to the front of the conversation. And if you think about what's happened in technology, all of these tech companies that came up in the last dozen plus years have been focused on you know the, the millennials and the younger generation because they're quote unquote tech savvy. And older people, uh, I use that you know general statement, <laughs> not the right words, but less tech savvy. And what's really happened is A, people get older every day, and so the younger people are getting older, and they're gonna be more tech savvy very soon. There have not been a lot of tech products built for older adults, uh, but now there are more and more coming out. There are a whole bunch of, there are a couple of venture capitalist firms that are focused on age tech. There are a number of uh, very smart people working on solutions. You know, some of the things around elder fraud, elder abuse, uh, people falling and so forth. Uh, there's a wide range of topics. And so it's just interesting to me because I don't think that market's been saturated from a technology standpoint. There's a lot of opportunity for companies who are trying to build solutions for older adults. And that, and that could also be on the financial services side, right? There are tons of apps for you know, savings, but they're really about savings. When you're older, it's about spending and having that money last. So it's, it's a wide open space in my mind, and I want to be part of that. So I've you know, been diving in deep, talking to lots of really interesting people, having fun, learning, and uh, yeah, just enjoying the, enjoying the ride, really. And probably learning how to be healthy and age better yourself along the way. Yeah, I mean, your point about you know, starting young is 100% true, right? Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. There's a, I learned about this thing called epigenetics, and we had an episode on this, where your DNA can tell you know, your biological age versus your chronological age. So maybe you're 40 years old by the calendar, but your biological age is showing you that you may be 35 or you may be 60. <laughs> you can go either way. And it's all impacted by things like, you know, what you've eaten, your, your lifestyle, how active you are, where you've lived, where you visited, smoking, etc. So yeah, the, the earlier you start, the better you'll be long-term. Uh, I participate also in a, in a chat about aging, you know, news and, and research that comes out on aging, you know, being active is probably one of the most important things any of us could do for our minds. Uh, you know, it seems weird, but your the research is showing that staying active younger is going to keep, keep your mind stronger as you age. So yeah, it's the sooner you start, the better eat well, live well, you know, everything in moderation. Yeah. Stress management comes to mind Stress too. Is huge, yeah. That can sleep. age you really fast. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sleep is super important. Super. I mean, I know there's a lot of people talking about sleep, but it's super important. Very cool. Now you had a podcast episode that was super interesting to me as well. That had this term called the unretirement. <laughs> what exactly does that mean and look like in today's day and age? Yeah, that's interesting. It was an interesting uh, term, a uh, uh, phrase. People are living longer, right? So historically, people retired, you know, 60, 65, whatever, whatever was right for them. But if you're going to live into your 80s or 90s, that's a long time to be, you know, retired. And more and more research comes out about the importance of being active and socially engaged and using your brain and challenging yourself. So unretirement in this particular case was about going back and finding another job or another career. Not so much for the financial side, and maybe and that may be needed for some people, but more about 
being part of the workforce and being part of the community and the culture and contributing what you can. I think, you know, in, in this country, we don't do a great job of valuing the wisdom of our older adults. And, you know, there's value. They bring tons of history, tons of experience. You know, yes, they may not have grown up with an, a mobile phone in their pocket, but they know how to do things that we just don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, and it comes down to purpose, too. If, you know, you get to a certain age and you don't have to work anymore, it's still hard to spend that much of your time that you've maybe spent for the last 30 years investing in a career and just transition that 100% to gardening. Like it's <laughs> not going to work that well. It's not going to be fulfilling. There's still got to be something and it, it may only be part-time. And there's just an area where there's going to need to be purpose to continue to advance and be really fulfilled in life. Yeah. I mean, I think that's spot on and it goes to the, the research, right? Like you're, if you're part of a community and you're contributing, I mean, a community could be lots of different things to different folks, you know, whether that's a religious community, whether that's a social community or, or a work community or something else, you're engaging, you're using your brain, you're, yeah, and loneliness is one of the biggest you know, epidemics right now. People are, you know, from COVID, even before COVID, people are just, you know, at home, not being social as, as much as they used to. So that is super important to keeping your brain active and your body active. And, you know, the last thing you really want is to have someone find you on the floor of your home because no one knew you were there, right? So, like, you know, if you have routines and you're engaging with different people, it's going to make your life much better. And, fulfilling just uh, overall yeah purpose is super important very cool since you're an expert in this space what's another innovation within age tech that you're excited about maybe people in their 30s should start to take notice of i think the biggest thing people in their 30s should start doing is thinking about the financial side (laughs) i don't think us as a uh, society do enough planning and preparing for that So definitely on the financial side, think about what that means. You know, if you live to 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, I mean, it's, it's one of our guests said babies being born now will live into their hundreds on average, right? Like the the science has improved people, the lifestyle has improved. So yeah, people are living longer. Uh, I think one of the biggest challenges we as a world, not just country face is the bad actors. And so taking, you know, there's lots of products being created and services to prevent fraud and try to stop it. Uh, it's, you know, the old problem is you build a mousetrap and they find another way around it, but being aware of what's going on in that space and at any age, really, but it, unfortunately, cause you know, people just take older people for, for take advantage of them. It's, it's sad. So I think that's an important area to focus on. And you mentioned earlier the wellness piece, I think, you know, eating, living well and understanding that uh, if you eat fast food every day and you expect to live to 85, 90, you may want to rethink that. Mm. I'm not saying anything wrong with fast food, but it's not, not ideal daily eating. In moderation, for sure. Only when you need something fast, ideally. Yeah, out of this place. Mm-hmm. Where are the areas in your own personal life that you focus for optimized health? I'm sure sleep is a big one, but maybe two or three other areas that you are really focused on keeping fine-tuned so that you can live for a long time. (laughs) 
So sleep is probably, unfortunately, not my strongest suit. I, I don't do enough of it. <laughs> I, I'm aware of it, so at least I'm aware of it. I try to take care of myself uh, from a physical standpoint. So I, you know, I'm a pretty avid cyclist, so I do a lot of that. You know, walking, you know, just any kind of outdoor or moving activity is good. Uh, I eat very clean, and what I mean by that is close to zero processed food. I haven't eaten red meat in, I think, over 30 years at this point. I do eat fish, and I do eat, you know, poultry, but just try to eat healthy, lots of, you know, greens and whole grains and all that good stuff. You know, the, the mental issues that we, we have going on in the world, that's going to have an impact if people don't address those. So, you know, getting getting centered and focused and all that good stuff so your brain is where it needs to be. Mm. Yeah, no, in this day and age, for sure, mental health is becoming more and more talked about at the forefront. It's crazy how many people are all of a sudden ADD, ADHD, and, and you can't even get to the bottom of it. Is it diet? Is it genetics? Like, we don't know. So how can you protect yourself against these mental issues when a lot of it seems so out of control right now? Yeah, I don't, I don't have a good answer for that. I think you have to, you know, take advantage of, you know, the, the coaches that are out there, the therapists that are out there. There are apps to help you with some of the stuff. And, you know, if, if you really are having issues, obviously go to a doctor and, and have a conversation. Um, there shouldn't be a stigma, I think, at this point in the, in the where we are. People should be able to have these conversations. Uh, there's been a lot of awareness around it. So, you know, talk to people. <laughs> yeah, you're not alone. Not that much I can tell you. I, and I think also not rushing to a, a self-diagnosis or... <laughs> Even I feel like with young kids now, there's just a, a rush to uh, something's wrong with you. I've heard somebody say that like the most recent generation wants an answer for what is wrong with them versus just understanding how to like maybe use areas of weakness and harness their strengths out of that. Um, there always just wants to be a label and an issue and, oh, I'm just blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't necessarily into an effective output if you just jump to conclusions and jump to what WebMD said that your mental health problem might be. Uh, there's yeah. a calm and there's a, a, you know, impacting changes with your diet and your sleep and self-regulating, managing your stress to be able to naturally get some of these things back under control. Yeah, definitely don't self-analyze, <laughs> self-diagnose uh, online. I mean, that's definitely dangerous. Yeah, if you really think you're having a medical issue, the best thing to do is speak to a doctor of, of one form or another and see what they see what they really is going on because there's a lot of information out there but it doesn't mean it's right and it doesn't mean you're understanding what's out there comparing to what you have going on so well back to just watching the little bit of brian johnson's journey i've been paying attention to like he is a doctor of everything every step of the way and tries to leave very little room for error when it comes to emotions and really get down to the data and specialists and test, 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 test. And that helps to make better educated decisions, kind of like in any kind of data situation, like the better and cleaner your data, the better the answers you're going to get versus letting emotion or interpretation take over. Yeah. We also have blind spots, right? We just see things because we want to see them or we may think things are there that aren't really there. So you need those ex experts, however you want to define them. It's good. 
Now I have one final question for you and it's around principles. And I'm curious to hear from you. What is the core principle that you've lived by to be successful in business? So it's probably more than one, but I'll share it. (laughs) So I think the most important thing is, you know, following up and doing what you say. So if I say I'm going to do something in a meeting, then I do it. Or if I tell someone to do something in an email, then I do it and I follow up. I think a lot of people, and you know, I'm sure you have the same experience. You'll have a phone call with them or a meeting, and then they'll, you'll never hear from them again. And then you'll, all of a sudden you'll get this random request for something, but there was nothing in between. So just you know, that continually following up and doing what you say you're going to do is, is going to be critical. Uh, it's showing up to 80% or whatever that, that phrase is, but it, it's that idea. And the other piece to me is having fun. <laughs> so uh, people who listen to the podcast will see that I am pretty much in every episode cracking a joke of some form or another. It may be not funny, maybe it's funny, but uh, you have to laugh, right? If you can't laugh, then <laughs> life's, life's too short. Yeah, you, know, you, you gotta laugh a little bit. That's amazing. Such an inspiration. Super helpful, Joseph. Thanks for coming on the show today. And we will link in those show notes, folks, to your podcast so they can take a look at what you're doing with the Prime Life podcast and all the other great work you're up to. Appreciate it. It was fun being here. Thanks for having me.